Hey, good morning. Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Drag Monk Symphony. Uh, I am Dylan, your GM for today. Uh, Live early in the morning, AM. so we're we're kicking, ready to go off. Um, it's the itter that was for me. <laughs> Last time we all met, uh, there was quite an encounter to be had. Uh, as you all know, currently our story is uh, has taken us to the uh, city of Galt in the Nation of Bound Air, where our heroes, heroes, uh, hey, have are currently on their way to the uh, the city of Passage is where they're attempting to get to, uh, but they've made a stop in the the town of Galt on their way there. Uh, and while stopped there, they visited a local saloon. Um, they ran into an old, uh, acquaintance of theirs by the name of Cassowary Dubois, uh, and had a very interesting conversation with him, um, wherein there was a, uh, some suspicious activity, uh, uncovered. It seemed that Cassowary had some secrets that he was still keeping. Uh, as he was attempting to remain anonymous and aloof. Uh, there was also a note that was discovered written in Elvish language uh, that appeared to directly reference uh, Silva. Uh, and the note had a statement on it that said, if she is the one, place this glass upside down on the table, marked the Autumn Queen, death to the Summer King. Uh the before the group could get additional information out of Cassowary, they were called by uh, Feline, the deputy to the sheriff of the town, uh, to come quickly to the jail cells slash the the sheriff's office. Uh, when they went over there, they discovered that uh, the sheriff Mauser was there along with the werewolf that they had uh, narrowly avoided uh, when they were spending the night at the local Gold Dragon Inn on the south of them. The werewolf attacked, uh, breaking into the jailhouse there, and seemed to violently murder uh, Dak, a mm. member of the party. Yes, um, though it was later discovered that due to some dice-based trickery and shenanigans, that in reality, a exact clone of Dak had appeared uh, at the moment that the werewolf struck, and by virtue of a coin flip, our Dak survived while the other Dak was brutally murdered in the street. Ooh. I mean, that was that. That's the thing. That's what made something so confusing and making so much more sense. Yeah, for sure. I'm just happy to be here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> And we all breathed a sigh of relief that there are no other clones of our characters anywhere in the world. Why nope. did you say it like that? No. So the werewolf attacked, and uh, the fight spilled out into the into the main thoroughfare. Um, it was a very tense battle, uh, filled with slashing and biting and were rats. Plenty of were rats for everyone to enjoy. Um, during the battle, uh, Silva was bit on the clavicle here, just above the collarbone, um, by the werewolf, which raised 
some questions itself. As most of our party is not entirely sure what happens when a being of fey origin is bitten by a werewolf. Um, especially this werewolf that doesn't seem to follow the traditional rules of lycanthropy um, that we are aware of. Uh, yeah. But the group was able to eventually defeat the werewolf um, without uh, killing him outright. He returned back to his humanoid form uh, and the were-rats uh, disappeared. Um, the Mauser, the sheriff, decided that he was going to take the uh, the werewolf uh, person and lock him behind the bars as the bars that they keep at their jailhouse are magically enchanted. Uh, he believes he'll be able to keep them there, though the question was still raised of the were-rats themselves uh, and the possibility of them being able to sneak through those bars. It was determined that there were two things that the group should consider. First of all, Silva's condition, having been bitten by a werewolf, uh, yeah. the circumstances of which aren't fully clear, so it was suggested that they may want to pay a visit to an old wizard that lives in a tower on the far end of the thoroughfare. Um, just uh, just beyond where the the vineyards begin. Uh, since he may possibly have some answers on, on how uh, her condition uh, will actually play out. The other matter that was brought up was uh, the acquisition of silver, as silver is uh, widely believed to be a good deterrent against any lycanthropic creatures, um, werewolves, werebores, otherwise. Um, so we just need to find a silver fork and just start scratching. I'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Digging uh, in. Yeah. Or uh, Mauser suggested that in order to get the silver that you need, uh, you would have to speak with someone who is familiar with where uh, silver deposits are. Um, and it could only be the man with a silver hook on one of his hands. Uh, one Hebels of the Jeebles. The, the mysterious figure whose name is Whispered uh, and who uh, seems to send a shiver through the spine of anyone who recalls his presence. Um, you were told that he would be the <laughs> key to acquiring the silver you might need. The one that Set also coincidentally encountered in the tavern and just <laughs> waved at. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Indeed. Uh, and that is where we left off, with our group still out in the thoroughfare. Um, people are beginning to leave. Uh, many of the townsfolk had been ushered uh, to stay inside uh, the, the buildings um, by uh, Feline and some of the other um, able-bodied uh, folk. They they begin to, to come out now, uh, coming out to kind of see the commotion, to see the aftermath of, of what's going on. Um, one of the townsfolk sort of runs, runs forward and says, "Oh my goodness, my, 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 my vegetable carts—they've—they've all been destroyed. Some, somebody's gonna have to 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 pay me for this. I, I'm gonna have to build a whole new cart. Oh, what am I gonna do?" And he he kind of falls down to his knees and picks up some of the broken remains of the cart and says, "I had this cart for thirty years. I can't believe it." It was two uh, days from retirement. His uh, <laughs> uh, 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 old woman kind of uh, comes up next to him and places a hand on his shoulder with a gentle pat. She says, 
Oh, oh, sweet Terrence. Your cart's over there. That's not your cart. <laughs> and, he, he looks, and he looks 10 feet to the right, and there's a completely identical cart sitting there, completely untouched. <laughs> and he goes, whoopee! He throws the pieces up in the air and runs over to it and hugs the cart and pats it. Uh-oh. Um, And meanwhile, uh, another, another uh, person standing next to them uh falls down to his knees and begins to sob and cry and the old woman pats his shoulder and says i'm so sorry daryl uh daryl justice for daryl uh mauser and feline uh mauser goes to the head of the uh the figure the person uh who was a werewolf not too long ago uh and kind of grabs him up underneath the shoulders. Um, feline on the other end grabs his feet, and together they kind of lift him up. Um, a couple of the townsfolk bring over um, almost like a stretcher, uh, you know, planks of wood laid out um, with like a, a fabric sheet laid over top of it. And they kind of haul him onto the stretcher, and then a group of four or five people sort of lead him into the jailhouse. Um, the a man in religious garb, uh, long black uh, dressings with a religious symbol around the neck uh, swinging loosely in the wind, um, looks out over the jail cell and says, Quite a lot of damage done. That window will have to be repaired. I'll call the contractor and see if he can come in in the morning to fix things up. Gosh. This is quite the mess. I hope you all are all right. At least it looked like you were a big part of that scuffle. Gorsh. Gorsh. <laughs> Dak is just standing next to his uh, now deceased clone. Looking you all right, son? You seem most troubled. I've lost my twin. <laughs> I had until now. Even know I had them. Yeah. <laughs> My twin that existed for all of less than one second <laughs> before he was got just absolutely obliterated. Uh, Dak doesn't really respond. He's a uh, uh, psychological term would be uh, freaked the fuck out um, as he's staring down at his face all mutilated and such. Preacher kneels down next to you and goes, Gosh, son, I... Let me tell you something very important. You know, long before I came under the, the care and overseeing eye of the sovereign, I was a lot like you, scared and confused, not sure of my place in the world. And I found that after a bit of soul searching and record, oh my god! And he turn, he notices the mangled <laughs> remains of the person next to you, um, which at this point have like melted and dissipated away. So now it is essentially like some of the remains of like a skeleton just laying down on the ground, already being consumed by the earth and time. Um, and he goes, "Oh, jeez, ah, oh, that's." <laughs> That's 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 a skeleton. <laughs> that's a astute observation. <laughs> Did he belong to you, child? In a matter of speaking. 
I believe the answer for that is to be yes. I am so sorry, my son. Dylan. I imagine this must be a bit of a shock for you. If you would like, I'm sure we have additional space in our burial plot. We would be more than happy to contact the Undertaker and have a proper burial for your friend. Uh, and he reaches down with his fingers and he brings them over the eyeless sockets of the skull of the skeleton. Um. Do understand that your friend, whatever pain they may have endured, they are at rest now. It, if it is by your customs, then yes, that would be nice. <laughs> kind of lean in towards Dak a little bit. It's probably best that whatever this was is, <laughs> is buried and removed. <laughs> Laid to rest. <laughs> buried and removed from sight as best as quickly as possible. She is right. You know, time, much like my accent, has a way of changing. (laughs) (laughs) And you may not feel like it now, but as time passes, you'll see this moment not as a tragedy, but as a gift. It was a, a chance for you to appreciate the life that you do have. I don't. Do you like, do you see what this, I mean, man? It's way less of a tragedy, just more of a confusing circumstance now, ain't it? <laughs> I do. That's good. I've done about everything I'm capable of doing. I'm going to leave now. And he stands up and he <laughs> turns and walks away. Uh, Neil, we're going to need the Undertaker. And also a carpenter. We're going to need a lot of people now that I think about it. And he kind we of just hear walks off of the field. In the background, a doon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so, so everybody is uh, gathering things, you know. They, they've taken the, the werewolf away to the jailhouse. People are beginning to split, you know, going off to do mutual things. Um, for the moment, you have kind of been left to yourselves just standing in this thoroughfare. Uh, Dylan? Yes. What is my HP again? <laughs> Your HP. Let's see. Let's get it started. Um, Better than the original version. If my internet loads, we shall see if it loads. I believe your D&D, your character sheet should be accurate. It says I'm at full health, so... It is not accurate. Oh. What happened? Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. What happened? That's why I know it was not accurate. That was, that was not that before. Well, pre- Hang on. You didn't Ooh. press Alt-F4 after you were done editing it. I, I, I seem to recall somebody healed somebody else. At the end of our oh yeah, I used a a healing potion, like a greater healing potion on you. Yeah, so you are at full health. So that that you are at full health because you were potion did all of my health. Damn. Yeah, it rolled really well. That's what it was. (laughs) 
Okay. You were only like, like half ish, I think. Uh, uh, but you had like a werewolf bite, so I was like, "Yes, that's, that's the main base <laughs> part of it." Well, yeah. the description was like blood coming out of my neck, so that I think yeah. that's also what caused alarm. It's one of those like dissonance things with Dungeons and Dragons, where it's like the the monster slashed into your torso, ripped you apart, uh, but then you took a healing potion, and so yeah. now you're technically at full health. Well, yes, but it was just more of the, yeah, just more, I was more using that for the reason that Johannes was more alarmed at my condition. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, but yeah, for the moment, y'all okay. seem to be uh, just alone to yourselves, undisturbed. All right, well, remind me of Hebel's Digibles. Hebels are the Jeebles. Yes. Hebels um, are the Jeebles. Uh, so they were the one that was like just out in the road, right? The one that initially they, uh, warned us about the werewolf? No. Oh. I thought you yeah. said that they were the, a guy at the bar, right, Dylan? They were the person at the with the hand in the shady corner of the bar that waved. Of the inn, yeah. Yes. Okay. It was not the farmer on the road. I don't, think we actually, guy. I don't think we actually talked to him, though. I mean, we talked to him. He told us about the werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the farmer on the road we did, but not the guy in the inn. Hebels of the Jeebles. Hebels of the Jeebles. No, so wait, what do we... Uh, I'm trying to remember, sorry. Like, I was trying to remember this from looks. last night. Where, yeah. At, at, where did we hear of Hebels of the Jeebles? Oh, Mauser told us after yes. we found he found out that you got bitten by a werewolf. Yes, but we've heard that name before that. No, so there was another conversation with Mauser before that. So before you guys returned back to the end to talk to Casserie Dubois. Yes. Um, there was another conversation you had had um with Mauser and Feline there. And it was during that conversation because he was talking about be careful about going out at night. Be be careful about, you know, wandering about in the evenings. Generally not a good idea. And it was during that that Hebels and Dejeebles was initially brought up. That he's going to get us at night? Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, just generally to avoid him at all costs. But now, okay. But now, yeah, but now that now... you are in need of silver... Uh, now Mauser has changed his tune, yeah. uh, and so it said you might you might need to to go talk to him after all. Okay, um, right. So yeah, um, okay. Well, so yes, I would. You know, as I'm sure alarming as this cl this copy of Dax seemingly is um, first of all uh, but prior to that look at Johannes yeah. the only reason we stood any of a chance was because it was daytime you know yeah but did you see how strong set was and I pat him on the back Yes, that's not to detract the good job we did, but I'm just noting. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I fucking kicked its ass. <laughs> um, it would appear as if the werewolf deadliness has been overblown. 
and Setsi is all we need against all the werewolves in the world. Uh, well, I appreciate the sentiment, Doc. A uh, suit of armor <clears throat> in, a, in a crypt would say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Set just has a mortal weakness, which is a suit of armor in a crypt. <laughs> Only in a crypt. Um, yeah, but also, that werewolf seemed very different from what we were anticipating. Very true. It is also likely that it still could be utilized. Like, there is inherently... There's a lot to there's a lot to unwrap about that, um, especially given that it was a a werewolf formed, like transformed in the daytime, which at least from a a mythological standpoint has some questions. Regardless, the conceivable threat, my well being in mind. Um, should probably still be checked on. Agreed. Uh, even if I feel that my chances might be lower due to the, I feel kind of what you might have been alluding to, set of an of a uh, strange circumstance surrounding this current werewolf that is was in front of us yeah there's just a lot of strange things surrounding this encounter specifically the rats are a really good portion of that the rats the just honestly just everything about this werewolf like are they supposed to revert back to human form after you beat the shit out of them or there's something more sinister going on with this werewolf than anything I had heard about. Yes, though that's probably the one part of this encounter I would say might be the most normal. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Um, but I don't know that for like... I, I can't mo confirm that 100%. Mm. <laughs> it just seems like the thing that <laughs> could happen. Just based on other forms of shape shifting. <laughs> um, but yes, the we should inevitably look into one of the options for dealing with uh, trying to test my my potential infection. <laughs> <laughs> Your lycanthropic state. Yeah. Yeah. How? How? Um, we have a few options, Silva. What makes you feel the most comfortable? You were the one bitten by this werewolf. Okay. So let me let's, let's double check the options again. So we have the hebels of digibles. Hebels of digibles, and then yes. like a cold wind like passes over, like thing of like a hook, a hook hand, a horse neighs <laughs> in the distance. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because they know where Silver is, right? That was yes. what it was? Mm -hmm. Yes. Or there's a an old wizard up on the hill. That's okay. about all we know. Those are the two options we were given? 
Yep. Unless you know some other place to get silver. Third option, but it it would be more grim. Uh, explain. Is that? <laughs> if we have set to put you out of your misery right now. Okay, Dak. Um, well, I can see one. the wizard's tower from up there. <laughs> <laughs> Dak, where'd you get that shotgun? <laughs> I uh, came with my duster jacket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you buy a duster jacket, it comes free with one. Inside the pocket. <laughs> um, Super tight. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, since there's not currently an immediate, doesn't seem to be an immediate threat, we'll, we'll hold off on that one. Um, I think the wizard potentially sounds like a good route. Yeah, especially um, considering we can see where the wizard should be and have absolutely no idea where Heebles and Ajeebles is. Well, we knew that he was at one point in the tavern, so... Yeah, but then he disappeared and... Like, we would have to go searching for them. Unless the wizard and Heebles and Ajeebles... <laughs> they're one in the same! And then, like, a lightning strike. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in that case, it makes it even easier for us to just go to the wizard's tower. I agree. But then at that point, I feel like he would know that, and so then why would he give us yeah. the option in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Unless Miles uh, really just likes to screw with us. But yes, um, well, are we all? Do we want to go now? You know, sooner the, the sooner, probably the better. Um, all right, let's make our way to the wizard's tower. Let's yeah, so start the... getting let's start getting into the nighttime and all of a sudden I start scratching my and I start scratching behind my head with my foot. <laughs> um it's perfectly alright if that happens. Uh one could say that we are all set. And I look to set. Like I really <laughs> appreciate the enthusiasm and like just the overall belief in me as a person. But you might be blowing it out of the water a bit. I would say that I'm clinging on to this concept after the traumatic event that we just all went through. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll grant it to you. We'll just try and not do it every other sentence. I appreciate it. Um, all right, let's get moving. Understood. We are set to go. Say, okay, let's to, let's uh, make our way. Yeah. <laughs> I say one thing. I also forgot to make note of, which is it, it's not obviously on you because you can't see my notes when you're looking at like my character sheet. Mm -hmm. Um, from like Bennett's side, um, because unfortunately you didn't know which tail I had. <laughs> Yeah. Uh for my bardic inspiration, which was to give someone temporary hit points equal to the role of my bardic inspiration die plus my level my bard level. And then also increase their <laughs> their walking speed by ten feet and plus one AC. <laughs> uh okay. 
Granted, movement, I don't think, was the concern in that fight, but... <laughs> Not only, like, turn one, I think, yeah. But that would have been... It's good to know. Um, to kind of recant, so, to, to give you guys an idea, you're you're in this thoroughfare, it's very much like this sort of... The, the atypical, like, wild, wild west, old town-style thoroughfare. On your left is where the the saloon... The um the sheriff's office, the jailhouse, uh, is located. That is also where like the sort of the market stands were, where you were initially buying supplies and gear. Um, all of that is kind of on the left hand side of this of this thoroughfare. And then over on the right, the buildings over there is things like the the post office, uh, some of the more a little more upkept um like apartment buildings, residential spaces. And there's like this noticeable quality shift between the two where the, the buildings that are on the right hand side of the thoroughfare are much more upscale, a lot more modernized um, compared to the almost antique ramshackle uh, on, along the left. And at the very end of the thoroughfare on the northern side of town, uh, up upon the hill on that right hand side is you can see it from here because it's this very old um, stone tower. It's like marble white uh, round and just jettisons up into the air a good like 50, 60 feet up into the air at least um, with no visible windows from the side that you're seeing. Uh, it's just this large cylindrical tower that springs up into the air and is visible. Um, and just, you know, beyond that, off in the far distance is where you can just make out the beginnings of these, uh, the massive, like, blue vine vineyards uh, that kind of make up sort of this outer region uh, of the town. So as far as getting to the tower, if you want to go there, it's it's not like a difficult thing. Like you can see it very visibly and you can just sort of head straight for it if you want to. Let's yeah. uh, that's the best let's idea. make our way. Okay. Yeah. All right. You all begin uh, uh, walking down the thoroughfare, heading towards uh, the tower. Um, as you do, a few of the townsfolk sort of take notice of you going along. Um, you see one woman sort of... Uh, Begin to slow climb. bows her head and uh, whispers something to her to her husband. Um, a young boy sitting on a uh, sitting on a porch uh, looks out to all of you and says, "Good luck." Uh, and his mother quickly grabs him and goes, "Come inside, Rodney. Come inside." And takes him and closes the door behind them. Um, as you are. Walking towards the tower, uh, yeah, you see, um, leaned up against a post, uh, arms crossed, a uh, bit of a stern look on his face. You see Clarence, uh, one of the shopkeeps that you had spoken with uh, before, um, sturdy build, thick black beard, uh, ear ear length, uh, black hair, tasseled, um. He's wearing a bowler hat, and as you approach, he sort of takes the bowler hat off of his head. You can see a bit of the bald patch at the top. Um, and he looks to all of you, and he says, Where are y'all heading off to now? 
Uh, we're we're heading to the uh, the wizard's tower. The wizard. The wizard's tower. He kind of looks around at you guys. Why you must be out of your minds? What would you want to go to that place for? Uh, we have a few magically inclined questions for them that we would need their help uh, answering. Yeah, the sheriff recommended. Why? Is there some sort of issue with this old magical folk? Also, oh, I'm a well, hold my book. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, I don't. We don't really like talking about it much, but I mean, there's a history with with that. You know, we like to. He hasn't bothered us in a while, and we kind of like to keep it that way, you know? Has, does, I like look at him, and like, I am up. Has he bothered, bothered you how? He's trying to sell me horse insurance. He keeps asking me about that damn Jehovah's Witness. (laughs) First of all, horse insurance premiums were already high long before this wizard appeared. He keeps Uh, keeps asking me if I need to if I need to worry about my carriage's extended warranty. (laughs) Daryl could have used that. (laughs) Uh, No, he Clarence Clarence sort of clutching his bowler hat. It's like, oh gosh. Well, look, it's it's just that. You should probably know if you're if you're really that that set on meeting him. But that wizard, you know, he wasn't always there. Many years ago, the uh, you know our town was was thriving. You know the the vineyards, of course, were a big part of that. A lot of fancy folk moved over here from the city of Passage, and they started, you know, building building up the town, and the we became this this big economic strong point with our our access to the vineyards and then one day you know the the wildest thing they found some sort of like magical spring nearby uh like a the the darndest thing like some kind of a well of untapped magic uh straight from eberron itself I don't know what to make of it myself. I've never been no no fancy magician man, but the people that were here, they got almighty excited about it. And these these uh these magic folk from Passage, they they decided that they were gonna build themselves this big old tower, uh, right where this this magical well was. And they they built it up and it was like this big shiny beacon and the the main wizard in charge of it, he was, you know, all talking about using the magic to create incredible new things and the the city would be a a a, a shining light almost to rival passage. But but as time went on, I'm you know, people started to, to leave. A lot of them moved back to passage. They they grew they felt like they had run out of resources to discover here and the town that was once thriving started to sort of shrink back down a bit but and a lot of the wizard folk you know they left they they went back to passage or they even moved on to other places entirely and then uh but this one wizard you know he he stuck around and he kept you know working on things and tinkering away in that old tower 
and rumors started spreading that he was conducting these experiments, you know, he was taking, you know, local wild animals and capturing them and taking them into the tower to, to experiment on them and, and do things with them. Um, we, we just started to hear the strangest things. And then before we knew it, there, there were, you know, cases of animals running around, but they weren't like normal animals. They were real intelligent and smart, like, like we was and they, and they could talk and, and they, they had feelings and it, it was, it was like nothing we'd ever seen before. And well, I mean, that's, that's, you know, there was, there was one evening where I, I heard somebody, somebody was a, a crying for help. And I went out past the, the edge of town there. And that's, that's where I found Jezebel. And, you know, she was, uh, she was caught in an animal trap and she was, she was crying out for help like, like a normal person would. And I, I, I freed her and I, I took her home and she didn't have any parents or anything to speak of and no home to nowhere to stay. So, well, that's how I, I came to adopt her. Now, now she's, she's my daughter and she's just the sweetest thing there ever was. But it's hard for me to forget that she came from some wizard's machinations all, all that time ago. And I shudder to think how many other poor animals have been mistreated and left to fend for themselves because he was doing terrible things to them. All that to say that whatever his plans are, whatever he intends to do, we ain't heard from him in a while, and all I could say is better for it. And he <laughs> spits on the ground. Uh, I like scratch my head, and I'm like, "Well, sir, I'm sorry. The wizards tried to gentrify your hometown, but um, that doesn't really have anything to do with us. We just kind of need to ask him some questions. So we'll make sure he doesn't perform any more experiments on the poor folks out here, though." If you you do that, and if you do see him, you tell him, you tell him that Jezebel's doing just fine without him. You tell him that. Well, you know, sure we, thing, we will do that. Uh, I can't guarantee that he's going to know who Jezebel is uh, from what you've shared. It doesn't really seem like he has much thought going on behind this if this you is all ruined my life back, but. i don't even know who you are <laughs> <laughs> well i won't hold you back any longer if you're this set on going just be careful all right the thing about wizards is that they got magic and stuff and that makes them dangerous except for the oh. ones that aren't dangerous like you oh. kind of nods his head to silva one Thank of the you, good, one of the good ones. You, you have a nice day, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna Thank start walking. And, gonna... and if you do survive, since you helped us out with whatever the hell that werewolf thing was in the center of town, uh, I'm more than happy to provide a discount to y'all if you ever come shopping my way again. We'll, we'll see about that. I like look over, and he has like a, like a 
a flag with like a blue stripe in the middle. It's like non magical lives matter. <laughs> That's not true. That's not canon. <laughs> That's not canon. Well, you know it would be yellow with a rattlesnake. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say. I mean, no step up snake. I mean, <laughs> from you know, like for uh, say from that perspective, it, it, his would just his would be the one that would say the the all lives matter. Yeah, yeah. Intelligent uh, animal lives matter. <laughs> that's yeah. That's much more accurate. He leans more PETA than he does any of those other organizations. Uh, but yeah, he he says. Thank you again. Sincerely. Thank you for, for all you've done to help the town and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you for the heads up. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. And he, you know, steps aside, lets you, lets you continue on your way. Uh, coming out of town, going up onto the hill, um, you can see where, you know, there was like this, this very clear paved gravel path that you've been walking but it you see the point where it sort of ends at the end of the thoroughfare um you the the path becomes less like paved and and well uh well taken care of and becomes rougher and begins to wind a bit as you kind of go up onto the hill and, and walk over and the tower looms ever larger as you get closer to it. Still no visible like entrance or windows or any kind of openings to it. It is just this like cylindrical tower perfectly built um, except for the fact that the 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 brick and stone that it is made out of is definitely showing signs of age. It really doesn't take very long. I mean, maybe 20 minutes of walking or so before you find yourself at the very base of this tower. All right. And what's There's the just a door? Like, is there like, how like wide is this tower like around? Oh, if you had to guess at a diameter, um, Make a, we'll say a perception check on this, because there's not like a math check. <laughs> we should add that, though. I should add a custom skill that's just math. Uh, 14. Yeah, okay. You, I, eyeballing it, you can see that, like, you took several steps to get around. Um, This thing's got to be, like, 40 feet in diameter, maybe somewhere around there. Okay. It's a big, it's a very big tower. And walking around the base of it, is there any doors or any opening? As you walk around it, there are no visible doors or windows, any openings. It is, it is just stone and mortar all around. Uh, Faded, but still has, it's still very much that like white, almost more of like an eggshell white now. Um, that's just consistent all throughout. Um, definitely easy to tell without even like an arcana check that this tower for how like well constructed it is that it had to have been done by magical means, which would make sense. Uh, well, no doors. Uh, Silva, any ideas? Any, any windows, anything like that? 
No windows that you can see. Um, Give me a moment. What if we hit it with a spell? Yes, that's kind of what I'm looking into. That seems very aggressive. Um, not before before much, we not as much start, <laughs> start launching spells at this wizard tower, uh, I'm just going to try knocking. I'll just knock on the wall at the base. All right. You uh, reach your, your hand out and knock on the door. Um, that doesn't exist because it's just a wall. Uh, you all wait for a moment. And there's no response. We have to... I don't even know. Throw rocks at yeah, <laughs> cast fireball. Some, cast some sort of magic, prove our worth. Give me a moment. <laughs> the wizard's cooking. Let the wizard cook. Who has knock? We have to wait for the light of a new moon to shine at a twelve degree angle. <laughs> These on this wizards wall. always have so two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Wizards these days are like they they're wearing baggy pants. Wizards these days. <laughs> with their with their Jinko jeans and their they, they have baggy <laughs> pants and crop tops now. Well didn't you hear that wizard new balances are cool now? Postmodern wizards. <laughs> right. Before I inherently desire to expend spells of greater value. Let me. I should just start up by heading up. I'll begin flying towards the top, kind of up and around to try to see what I'm able to to see on my way up as well. Okay. All right. So with your initial uh, movement speed of thirty feet, you wouldn't be able to get to the very top of the tower. Um, there's still going to be a good like. 20 feet or so actually no closer to 30 as you're flying up you're you're realizing like oh this is no this is quite a bit taller even than we than we really uh could could see when first approaching it um you're flying up you're not seeing any visible signs of any kind of windows or openings um there's like a couple cracks in the mortar that you're seeing here and there that appear to have just maybe appeared with age um but as you're flying up, it's such an odd thing. You don't know if it's like a vision, like if it's something wrong with your eyesight or something else is going on. But as you're flying up, it's like as you get closer to the top of the tower, it feels like you can't ever quite reach it. Like it's continuing to like grow taller and taller as you fly up to approach. Um, the stinking bastard. <laughs> To, to the point where you're like, this this feels, if it's not some sort of optical illusion, then there's there's something else going on that I can't, no matter how much I fly, I can't quite reach. And us from the ground, if we're looking up at Silva, is Silva just continuing to go up? Or does Silva reach a certain point and stop moving? So, kind of a similar thing. You see... 
Silva flying up towards the top. And it's it's harder for you to see from your perspective at the ground level. But it does like she's flying up, but it seems like she's never reaching the top. Like the tower somehow manages to like continue to be above her as she's sort of flying upward at an arc. But I noticed there's like these cracks in the mortar and stuff like that. Yeah. How big yeah. are they? Um <coughs> like this probably like the size of this pen. Similar thickness too, um, almost like gashes. Really, uh, if you would like, you can make a. You can either do a perception or an arcana check, whichever you prefer, to kind of take a look at these cracks. Do arcana, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and roll an arcana check for me. And see what you can uncover. Twenty-two. Hey, that's pretty good. Ooh. Um, these cracks most normal people would look at them and assume that it was just like wear and tear over time. But you can see that the surface of the cracks are like blackened. Um, they're not, they, they don't sort of like, um, they don't like twist and turn the way that like traditional cracks from like movement or shifting over time would. Um, they're much more uniform, like slashes. Uh, they bear the mark of magically created like something like a spell or some sort of magic property, like it hit that point and created a crack within the wall. Mm -hmm. um, possibly like a spell attack or some sort of an enchantment or something. Um, but these are not naturally forming. These were made. Kind of lean in you know get kind of a little bit up towards the uh the crack there excuse me <laughs> <laughs> no response This guy's not very nice, is he? He's not very welcoming. No, well, towns... as most wizards in a tower aren't. <laughs> I'm as soon as he comes out, I'm gonna be like, "Well, look who decided to come out of their cave! <laughs> look who showed up!" Listen. So, Silva, when do we start firing magic at this thing? A spell made a crack in this once. I'll make another one if you don't come on out. <laughs> We will we destroy heard? your tower, old man. I'm like, oh. I'm like specifically yelling into the crack. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll tell you so what. I've got like my hand cuffed like you, this. <laughs> yeah. So you would hear this because you're, you're right up to it. You would hear this. There's an extremely faint, like shimmering sound in the air. Oh. And also when you're shouting like right into the crack, there is an echo. There's a bit of a reverberation like you're shouting into a cavern. I know you're hearing me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is a matter. <laughs> is there anything like outside? This is a matter the tower? of other, utter importance. A wizard, <laughs> another wizard requires your help. There's <laughs> magical werewolf shenanigans afoot. No response. The wind continues to blow outside. I have a magical library card. <laughs> uh, Johannes. Yeah. Make a persuasion check for me if you don't mind. 13. 13. I did, I think, Dylan would just reach for a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> the wizard comes out. Have you heard of PUBG? <laughs> Have you ever actually ran around and swung and swung at somebody with a skillet? There's a reason that this thing is a one-hit kill. <laughs> Comes out in his Jinko jeans. You ever heard of Skillet? Uh, <laughs> would you like to? <laughs> Sorry, that's wrong. They'd be they'd be Union Bay cargo pants. That's what it would be. Um, Johannes, you you mentioned that you have a library card, uh, and you feel a bit of warmth in your in your pocket. Uh, I reach in my pocket. Uh, you reach in and your hand automatically finds a thin, something thin, and you pull it out and it is the, the library card that was given to you by Victoria Skeevil. Yes. I can get three books a week. <laughs> Surely we can make some sort of deal. If it matters to you, I too possess a library card. Uh, Silva, you feel a warmth uh, on your person as well. And the that shimmering sound that you're hearing that seemed to be coming directly from the tower itself, kind of, it wubs a bit. It goes like... But it's very... Oh, he's an EDM wizard. I put the the library card <laughs> into, the into the hole like a slot. <laughs> How far do you put it in? Enough to just on my fingertip so that I can still grab it and pull it out. Like it just like okay. enough to just like get it in, but then you perceive once invisible you are able to see as it kind of spreads out about like three feet or so in a circle. But you, suddenly visible for a moment, ebbing and flowing, there is a magical barrier that covers this portion of the tower. And where you insert the card, it seems like the barrier sort of fluxes and shifts. Um Hmm. Why do these always have to make it so complicated? I'll fly down, kind of head towards the base more. All right, hold on. Um, Did you take the card with you? Yeah. 
kind of head towards, start kind of putting the card towards the wall. And kind of start, like, seeing if, like, I could kind of almost see through the barrier as I kind of go towards the base of it. As you're, as you're bringing the card over, everywhere that you're placing the card and moving along with it, a good, like, three-foot circle of the barrier becomes visible. Um, made of stardust and particles, it shifts and it fluxes. Um, it's very thin, maybe an inch thick, and it you're able to deduce that, like, it seems to be covering, it must be covering the entire tower, but it is made visible as your library card comes into contact with it. And indeed, the card itself has this, like, faint glow that begins to kind of appear around it. What begins to appear a bit? The, the card itself begins to glow as well. It, it has this, like, faint glow. So all I'm seeing with it, though, is, like, a barrier, not, like, a, a different thing through it. Like, it's not, like, creating right. a window. Correct. All right, well, you have your card, so I kind of tried to just, like, further push the card into the barrier. Um, make an intelligence check for me. It'll be a 14. 14. You attempt to push the card further into the tower. And it it's it sort of causes the barrier to like, you know, flex and, and move around it further and further. Bless. As you do so, you feel a tingling sensation happening in your mind and it's growing and growing very quickly. Um I need you to make a uh, intelligence saving throw for me now. Okay. Oh, sick. That's a six. Okay. The, the tingling becomes piercing. Needles poking into your mind and spreading throughout from front to back. Um, and you take... Uh, you take six points of psychic damage as uh, needles ah. poke through your brain, rattling on the inside of your skull. Ah. <laughs> what's what's happening? Uh, kind of pull it off for a second. There's a bit of mental will required to push this card through this barrier. While you this, want me to? this card is revealing a thing about it, I don't know that it's necessarily actually like nullifying the barrier in any way. Most likely, whatever barrier is in front of this is definitely some type of protective field. Dang. Wizard really doesn't want to talk to anybody. 
Well, I imagine not. If inevitably some of the folk are going to be, whether truthful, like whether inherently correct or whatever, giving that they don't seem to have necessarily the best uh, outlook towards him. That's fair. But we need to talk to him. And can I like walk around the tower and like see if there's anything that I, I noticed? So yeah, I, I mean, you, you're, you're able to walk around. Like, it'll take you a little while because it's very big. But like, you can, you know, walk around the entirety of the tower's base. Um, and like, it's there's no again, there's there's no real visible signs of anything. It's um, even like the the ground around it, you know, it's, it's a little unkempt, you know, nobody's like been around to, to cut away at like the leaves and the vines that are kind of growing, mm-hmm. but it's, it's definitely looks like it hasn't been touched in years. It appears. And, um, but there's no areas where like any part of the wall has like broken away or any kind of like holes or anything or anything recognizable as a way to get into the tower. That's like visible. Um, I'm going to look at the tower and cast Magical Vision, which is okay. Detect Magic. Yeah. See if that gives me any uh, hints. And then I'll follow after Johannes as he's making his lap. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the one that I was hoping to have was the difference of that what? one being Dispel Magic. <laughs> I don't really have any magical ability, so... Alright, Marshall, just as a heads up, you're coming a bit quiet, my dude. I moved the mic... It was partly because I moved the mic away from me. Oh, gotcha. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. He moved the mic away to breathe. <laughs> right. <laughs> a chocolate, right? <laughs> and we are live, and we... What a... What a reference. <laughs> what a poll. Um, sorry, I am pulling up my notes on a few things. Uh, yeah, so you cast Detect Magic. Um, the entire tower lights up. It, it like, it is absolutely bursting with magical property. Um, the thing about, uh... Because normally detect magic, one of its benefits is that if it can, it will tell you the school of magic that that is coming from it. You are detecting several schools of magic. Um, There is uh, there is enchanting. There is conjuration. There are faint hints of necromantic magic. There is all kinds of of magics that are that are emanating from this point. Gotcha. Um. Is there a uh, a magic that's relatively in the shape of a door to indicate a different type of magic on a very different type of thing that's in the way? What a grand question. No. <laughs> I can't believe uh, it. This, this cone of magic reaching up into the sky, there's no part of it that, like, is like enhanced or like stronger than the others that would that would dictate or like indicate 
that there is like an opening of any kind. Gotcha. Um, to Johannes, I do say, um, it doesn't appear as if there is a entrance disguised within the wall. No entrance, dis- no disguised entrance, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, mm. that's a big aspect of it, though. Is this barrier inevitably is kind of a large aspect of that? I'm a cask correction on the wall, which is just mending. All right, you cast mending on the wall. Um, there's a faint shimmer of magic um, fed into the wall, which absorbs it. Um, and it is quiet after that. Hmm. I'm going to cast men- uh, correction one more time. Gathering empirical data. Mm-hmm. Again, magic releases from your fingertips, sucked into the into the wall of the tower. The tower does not change. All right, now that I've been able to kind of recoup myself. Hmm. I'm going to give myself uh, attempt number two here. Ex- Wait, hold on. Let me double check something. Oh, yeah. I, of course I can. Uh, except. I'll be right back. I am going to. First cast guidance on myself. <laughs> nice. Well. Was the intelligence check part just for determining the thing about the wall? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, actually, then it's kind of, that's actually moot. Then I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna because it's not gonna affect the save part. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was the the save specifically was the the effect that the, the push wall it had. forward with the card again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I need to make another intelligence save. Uh, yes, you need to make another intelligence saving throw. All right. I hope for better this time. It's 17 this time. Okay. You push the card up against the wall. You hit solid wall. And you're just like... Basically just like rubbing it on the wall at this point. Just like, come on, something, something. Um... Look at the card under your hand. Examine it. Gives you business hours. <laughs> do you remember? So, like, when you when you all first received these cards from Victoria Skeevil, do you recall, like, what was on them? Uh, on the, on the cards? You know, outside of the yeah, the you're free to borrow up to three books per week. Otherwise, not much. Mm-hmm. Don't recall much else. I oh, yeah, I don't remember the like the inscriptions on the on the car. I felt like there was something interesting, like funny on there, but our fake names. 
there's <laughs> yes yeah, so there's your fake names um obviously there was a real name on the card initially that was crossed out and then yeah. your, your new name was scribbled over top of it um there is also uh a section up in the corner where like an identification photo would have been of the the person who owns the card um and this little rectangle looking at it there's no there's no person there the rectangle becomes blank and peering into it you see through the rectangle and you're looking you're like squinting because you're like what is in this tiny little rectangle it's like an inch by inch but you see a little bit into looks like a hall like a circular hall and you see candles on like a table nearby like inside Mm. the card inside the rectangle where like the identification photo would have been on the card and it's like a moving image like it's like a a keyhole sort of So I kind of move it around to see, like... (laughs) As you move it around, you're seeing, like, a different perspective. Um, Looking through this tiny little little portrait, uh, there is, like, it's a room, a circular room with, like, several tables, and there's candles lit. Um, And you keep moving it until you hit a blockade um, of, like, solid wood that is aged uh you kind of shift it around a bit and then you find now that there's like this steel knocker um that you would normally see on like a large door uh (laughs) steel that you can just make out the a part of it but as you like move the card around you're able to see you know different parts of it shifting it around Which part I can move? You're moving the card around, and Sorry. everywhere you move the card, you're seeing, like, as you shift it, you're seeing parts of what appears to be, like, a large steel knocker that would be usually present on, like, a large door. Hold on. So, as I say, because this is kind of just, like, the size of, like, this card is, like, a normal card size, like, a credit card size, right? Mm-hmm. Pull it out. Well, maybe I don't need to pull it out, I guess, actually. Because um, you've got it out already, yeah. Yeah. I meant, like, away, but... Mm, sure. Yeah, towards you. I cast... <laughs> Enlarge... <laughs> on the library yeah. card. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, the library card... Expands out until it is the size of, like, a small poster, like a 14 by 11 poster in your hands. Um, the photo ID portion of the card now is closer to like four inches by four inches. Um, and looking through it, you're able to see, to perceive, uh, much more of this like steel knocker on top of like an enormous wooden door built into the wall of the castle. 
Yes. Am I able to at all <laughs> squeeze my other hand through? Try to hit the knock. See if I can get the knocker. Um, you try to. Are you trying to like reach through the rectangle of the photo ID? That would be first. Okay. You attempt to do so, and you're not able to. You hit okay. solid. The, the the ID is still fully solid. Now I just try to go around it. So just try to sure. reach through in and yeah, see. Yeah, over like, and around, yeah. and you reach over, and, and like your... Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of reach over and around, using it as, like, an eyesight. And as your arm comes around, it becomes uh, skeletal. Whoa. Completely see-through. Uh, reaching around... And you are able to reach to where you find your hand finds purchase on this door that you weren't able to perceive beforehand. Um, and you find like the steel, the steel knocker sitting there. All right. And then I just. <laughs> All of you here. Yes. And Silva, yes, a voice pops up into your head. Wizard B or Wizard V? A door opened for Wizard to see. The bard in me wants to just be like, <laughs> wizard me. Wizard the stallion. Um, the rest of you do not hear this voice. You just see Silva with this enlarged library card reaching around it has sort of Knocked something invisible on the side of the wall. <clears throat> I mean, do I get a response from that? <laughs> what did you say to it? The wizard me. <laughs> You said wizard, wizard me? Because yeah. um, I'm hitting the rhyming scheme. Yeah. Uh, there's a pause where you don't hear anything. And then the shimmering sound sort of intensifies and you hear. Wizard me. Yet wizard <laughs> C. How can wizard be if wizard thee, wizard see me? <laughs> then like early morning riddles. Um, of things that Marshall are really bad at. <laughs> I'm like the worst at riddles. You hear the voice again. Speak, wizard, as wizard be. 
Wizard V produce the wizard's key. The wizard's key? Does he mean magic? I don't know. I mean, like... Uh... Why do these wizards always have to do this? Can't we just, like, meet? Could bring him, like, a basket of, like, fresh fruits? <laughs> Swipe. This is why I became a part. <laughs> Only Silva's hearing this, right? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I'll... We're all uh, standing there looking up. Just use my, Silva. like... I was going to say, I mean, I'll just use like, my, like, hand just to cast, like, light. See if he's asking for a spell. <laughs> Wizard me... Gives you a key to see. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so make an doctor. arcana check for me. Okay. Sick. It was going to be a 16, and then it rolled to that 3, so it's a 9. No! no! Excuse me, sorry. Radical. Uh... You rolled a nine, which beats an eight. You cast the light, and looking through the enlarged library card, the light looks different there. It breaks off into tendrils that shift and interweave with each other, interlocking. They twist and form producing an illuminated key of solid light. It goes into the door and <laughs> opens. And now all of you see the barrier fluctuates and becomes visible Whoa. before dissipating once again. And where there was once solid wall, an open doorway now appears. Wizard V, how wizard B, providing light provided the key. Enter now, but caution in need. For wizard, be wizard, beyond wizard of thee. That's true in a lot of aspects. All right, everybody. Let's make our way in. All right. I follow everybody in. Everybody in the hurricane uh, inside. Set lets the green crackling energy that he had summoned to his hand die down and just kind of drop limply down to his side and walk in. You all walk through the entryway, which is like pitch black. Walking in, it is like blackness all around you, an absence of light. But as you continue walking, a lone candle in the distance 
is visible flickering until you see more candles, some of them on tables, others floating in the air. And as you walk through, they, the air around you becomes more and more visible until so you find yourself in an immense circular room, the walls lined with bookshelves, the bookshelves filled with books and scriptures. There are several tables strewn about, chairs, many of them aged, um, floorboards impeccably polished. And you are greeted to a curious sight. Walking forward, you are in a room filled with books, but occupied but no books. by dozens and dozens of owls of various species and colors and sizes. What and as you approach, all of the owls simultaneously <laughs> turn to look at you. Oh, is that? Mm. Do some of them have their backs to us and their heads just full on like turn? Yeah, that's sick. I love that. Dak tentatively raises a hand to say to wave hi. (laughs) Uh, uh, My happy place. Many owls. Must resist urge to only spend time with owls. The owls look at all of you wide-eyed. Do they I mean, do anything, or are they just looking no, like, at us? Is there no, like, is this, like, the end of the room, if you will? Like, there's not, like, a hallway that this leads to, or anything like that? There is a door on the other end okay. um, that is closed. Um, but the all of most of these owls are between you and the door. Uh, well, I'll just continue. Positioned on the tables, on chairs. Um, a couple of them are clinging to the candles that are that are floating in the air currently. Yeah, and I'll just continue walking forward in through the uh up to the doorway. Who is she? <laughs> Where does she come from? I'm like, why why do wizards always do this, man? Why can't they just, like, let us come in? Are you familiar? How much experience have you had with wizards? Not, not much, but I hear stories. They always just rub me the wrong way. <laughs> Says I pass by, though. Yeah. Are you, are you familiars? Not really. No, I'm asking Some people the owls. I used to travel with <laughs> told me stories, but... I'm asking the owls. <laughs> no. There is a great horned owl sitting on one of the chairs. Uh, Looking at you, Silva, it replies. We are 
not familiars. We are real. We are not of your realm. What is your purpose here? Where do you come from? Like, originally, where did we, like, where did we just travel from? It's a loaded question. I expect no less than fair trickery from you. I ask your friends. Where do you come from? Why are you here? Well, in their they defense, they are here us. for me. Yeah. We come like, from does, the... does the owl, like, pointedly, like, ask the rest of us that question? Yeah, it, it kind of looks around the room, breaking off eye contact from Silva, and looks around at all of you. Um, well, I mean, we all come from multiple places ourselves, but the reason that we are here is due to a, uh, instance of a, uh, werewolf encounter that just happened in Galt right outside of this tower, um, that we, we had some questions about because it seemed really weird. And, uh, this was a local wizard local magic user that we figured we could convene with a barn owl up on one of the bookshelves uh calls down to you a werewolf you say lycanthropy oh <laughs> awful mess i hope nobody got hurt well that's kind of that why would, we're that here say, that would be me i need to be tested for lycanthropy Oh, the owls, <laughs> a lot of the owls sort of shirk back a bit at you saying that. And uh, the horned owl speaks again. You are a lycanthrope. I hope no. not. She, she, she was bit by it, though. So we just want to be safe. Nah, nasty business indeed. You were right to come here to seek the master's knowledge. Cloud gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quietly here. <laughs> the master knows much in the field of magical creatures. He will most assuredly know how to handle the bite of the lycanthrope. Great. Where can we meet this uh, master? We have not seen him. He's usually upstairs in the master's quarters, but he hasn't come down in some time. Some time? What are you talking about? A few days? Probably A years. tawny owl. 
uh, calls from above. We haven't seen the master in six years, three months, six, 17 days. I like lean over to set. Are we sure he's not just going to be dead? He's a wizard. They have magic. They can conjure food like it'll be fine. So, well, if how you... do we get upstairs? Yeah. If you were to find the master for us, we would be so greatly appreciative. The door behind us usually leads to the next floor. As long as he has not changed it. We ourselves are not permitted to access the other floors. We were ordered by the master to stay here, and so here we stay. Great. We'll, uh, we'll keep heading up and hopefully meet this uh, master of yours then. Thank you for the help, you he fine owl fool. folk. The master has not always taken kindly to visitors. Clearly. It's a little foreboding. Silva, I think you should lead the way because you're like... You're good with magic. Well, also, I am unfortunately also the... one who's inevitably brought us here, so... Lead the way, Silva. Yeah, I mean, I'll just begin moving down. or moving up. Mm -hmm. uh, you move past the assorted tables and chairs and the owls perched on them do not move to stop you. They simply rotate their heads and watch as you go. Okay. Uh, get to the door and head on through it. You approach the door. It appears to be a fairly standard wooden door. Um, you take the handle in your hand and open it, and it swings wide. But there is no stairway. It leads instead into another room. Okay. Can we proceed? Yeah, I mean, we have little to no other option but to just, yes, attempt mm -hmm. to proceed. Yeah. You enter through this door, and you find yourself in an enormous room with a large, vaulted glass ceiling. You are surrounded by all kinds of exotic plant life, uh, trees you have never witnessed before, uh, vines and bushes and all, all kinds of exotic plants that sort of surround you and go around. And in between them, there are dozens upon dozens of these glass 
uh, containers and cages of various shapes and sizes. Um, off in the distance, a babbling brook seems to sort of weave through with water gently going through it. Um, you hear the call of birds off in the distance as sunlight peers through. It is like you're in this like enormous terrarium of sorts, uh, all contained within within the room itself. Ah, uh, yes, always a. Uh... Always extra things. <laughs> we should stay cautious. Well, yes. As you walk, the you see these different like glass enclosures. And many of them appear to have been opened. They look as if they once contained life, uh, but are now empty. The sounds of jungle and forest life sort of echo and emanate around you in an impossible sense. Um, the walls are all glass leading up into the ceiling, but they are obscured and you cannot see past them. Uh, there is a dedicated path that winds through this room. And at the end of the path on the other side of the room, there is another door. Though this one has been barricaded. Uh, a large... Uh, a large cabinet has been like pushed in front of the door. Uh, the cabinet itself filled, half filled with all kinds of various uh, trinkets and items and skeletons of dead animals and books uh, that are sort of spilling out of it. Several of them have fallen to the floor. Uh, and the, the cabinet sits directly in front of it, sort of blocking the way. I'll be right back. So, can we move it? You could try to if you'd like. Sure. Uh, make a strength check. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll Johannes with this. Okay, so set with your assistance, uh, you'll be able to roll that at advantage. Uh, so I roll with advantage? Yes. I rolled a two, two times. Apparently, so uh, three. <laughs> you uh, you attempt to move the cabinet out of the way, but it's clearly stuck. Like it just refuses to budge. It, this cabinet is like twice your height, at least. Yeah. Um. And it just all that you succeed in doing is kicking up a cloud of dust as you attempt to move it, and it does not move. Put my hands on my hips and say, "Well, I'm all out of ideas." Uh, I'll pull my crowbar out and just give it a go myself, just trying to leverage against the wall next to it. 
right. Make your own make your own strength check on that. Um and then Crowbar gives advantage, right? Grants advantage to strength checks where the crowbar's leverage can be applied. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so you'll get advantage on that. 19. 19. Uh, you wrench with the crowbar and you hear a snap as something breaks. Um, and the cabinet sort of shifts forward slightly. Um, but there is a crack and a few more items fall and smash onto the ground, falling out of the cabinet. And then you hear a hiss. Uh-huh. But it doesn't come from the cabinet. It comes from behind you. Around and look for the source of the sound. On the wall, there are there's this huge sprawling web of creeping vines uh, that have sort of made their way up the wall over the years. And tucked into the vines is a shape that you didn't catch at first. But looking at it now, you can see that it is vaguely humanoid, wrapped up in the vines. It is a a human figure. And at the very top, you see a face peeking out, encased in, in vines and nettles. A single solitary eye, opened wide, bloodshot peers down at you and you hear a voice murmur from in between the vines run uh. you hear another smash as one of the glass cages further back behind you falls to the ground and breaks shattering all over um, the sound of birds squawking, animals chirping and, and shrieking intensifies as a few of the trees you had passed begin to shift and move in place, roots upending themselves from the ground like feet. <laughs> as these exotic trees begin to move and come alive behind you. Um, and that is where we will end today's session. It appears that they yeah. feel that you have cheated. Yeah. Is the Next time we meet like that. our group within this wizard's tower finds themselves in a Potential botanical battle. Oh, we shall boy. see what I happens next end. time on Dragon Mark Symphony. Thank you all for playing. Thank you all for watching. Uh, and remember, if you're ever going to go into a wizard's tower, ever, under any circumstances, bring a gift. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>